Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, sensitivities, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 19, where we meet Jenny LeBaugh, fitness coach and nutritional therapy practitioner from Northern California. Hear about her rapid ascent in the CrossFit world and how she used her little bit of fame to raise awareness of epilepsy, a condition she has personal experience with. Listen until the end to hear her health tip. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's meet Jenny. Welcome, Jenny. So glad to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah. And you're joining us from Colorado. Tell us again where in Western Colorado you are. I'm currently in Carbondale, Colorado, which is closest town people know of there is Aspen. So it's kind of, yeah. it's not Aspen, but it's, but it's kind of close to there. So yeah, this is, I'm born and raised in a small town in Western Colorado called Rifle. And um, my mother lives in Carbondale. So I came to visit her for the holidays. That sounds great. Have you been doing any skiing? Yes, I have. I actually mm-hmm. just skied, skied snow mass yesterday because we got about nine inches of fresh powder. It was wonderful. Wow. <laughs> You know, let's just start out with talking about nutritional therapy, how you heard of it, why you decided to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. Yeah, so I originally heard of Nutritional Therapy Association from a friend of mine who everyone probably knows, Emily Schramm. And she, um, when she first went through school, and I thought, man, this is great. But at that point in my life, I was beyond busy and didn't have, have the time to do it. And um, it would kind of, I'd see it pop up in my my social media feeds or I'd see her stuff and I was always really intrigued. And, um, then I had another friend who went through the program and I just literally one day got on and signed up without thinking. And all of a sudden, a few months later, dove, uh, head first in and no, no regret since it's been incredible. So, <laughs> so what were you doing before you became a nutritional therapy practitioner? Well, I'm still doing what I was doing. So I've been, um, I got my degree in in school in fitness and wellness, physical education, and have pursued a career as a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach. And Mm -hmm. I've been in gyms and I've done people, gone to people's homes. And I currently, for the last five years, have run my own um, private gym and private training studio. So um, I've been in the health and wellness space for, for quite a long time. And it's, there's no better place to be. <laughs> yeah. I, love it. I sort of remember that you're a little bit famous. Can you <laughs> talk a little bit about that? Because I'm not sure I know uh, the details. <laughs> <laughs> That's so always so funny to hear. Um, famous in my own little world. I when so to give you a, a history on my own um athletic background is I played every sport that you possibly could growing up and then I went to college and I played soccer and 
softball, soccer was my main sport. And then I also ran track. And after college, I kind of had this, this, I was lost with what I wanted to do for that, to fulfill that, um, competition, that competitive mode and the, the physical aspect of my life. And so I got into running and I ended up running a lot of 5Ks and 10Ks and half marathons and the marathon and um, through all of that. And I also was pursuing fitness as my career. And in all of that, I ended up um, moving to Northern California and I worked at Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf um, owned that gym, the gym I worked at for a period of time. So I was at his gym and they, when I started working out there or started working there, they all said, hey, you're really good at this fitness stuff. You should go over to the um, next town. There was a local strength competition. And I didn't even really know what that meant, but it sounded like a fun thing to do with some some new friends. And so I went over there and um, I ended up winning it. And I <laughs> I didn't, and granted, it was a pretty small, small scale competition, but um, it was CrossFit. And I didn't really know what CrossFit was, but everyone mm-hmm. after I won, they said, you could be really good at this. You should consider training for the CrossFit games. And so I went home and I Googled the CrossFit games and saw these men and women just doing amazing feats of fitness and lifting weights and flipping around bars and doing all sorts of fun things. And it looked, it was really intriguing. So I started training and in 2011, um, I guess I started training that January and in June I made it to the CrossFit games and I got sixth in the world that year. And then the next year, I won my region, but had to withdraw from the games due to um, an injury and Mm. um, was unfortunately kind of plagued with injury from there on out. Um, Fluke incident in 2013, I broke my foot riding my bike the day before the competition season started. I was hit by a hit by another bicyclist, which was crazy. And um, 2014, I just um, decided that I needed to take a break from the physical demands on my body. And I, um, for lack of a better term, retired from, from competition then, but yeah, that's wow. kind of my, my fitness story. And then yeah. in 2015, again, if any of you that are athletes, um, there's just this drive that sometimes doesn't get out of you. You always want to be trying this next physical feat. And in 2015, I had decided to, I was done competing and that's, this is where, um, if you want to use the word famous, it's, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say famous in this world, but it was the biggest and most incredible thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I live with epilepsy and we, we may talk about that further down Mm. in the the discussion today, but Mm. I, throughout my um, career as a CrossFitter, I gained a little bit of a platform and I, I had always kept my epilepsy a secret my whole life. I just was kind of ashamed of it for whatever reason, the stigmas. And I, I was, I was succeeding with it and there was really no reason to, to, um, talk about it. I didn't think, but my boyfriend, who's an incredible filmmaker, when, when I had gained that platform said, Hey, Jenny, this is the time to tell your story. And so I did share with the world in 2012 that I, had epilepsy and in 2015 when I had done, stopped competing I knew I had to do something bigger for the epilepsy community and I ended up creating my own charity event where I ran across the state of Colorado I ran 500 miles from the New Mexico border up and over the Rockies to the Wyoming border and um, in an effort to raise awareness and to raise funds for um, epilepsy research and that was the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life so there you go. There's a brief history of my athletic background. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so what was that documentary film called? It's called mm-hmm. Jemmy Labal Living with Epilepsy. And I can I can send it to you if you'd like to include it if you have show notes. But yeah, um, 
Yeah, and then he he came along. It was a 31-day run, and Marcus, my significant other, came around, came along with me the whole time, and he filmed and documented the entire thing. And our ultimate goal someday, when we have space in our life, is to be able to create a documentary on the on the run and just talking about epilepsy. So, wow, yeah. Wow, very inspiring. Um, Thank you. So I had noticed that the signature in the signature block um, on your emails, it says that you're a CrossFit, what did it say? CrossFit level two trainer. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it also probably says NSCA, which is the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's just a a well-known governing body for um, strength and conditioning coaches. So Mm. That's where I've held my, my major certifications since graduating from college. But CrossFit, in order to um, own a CrossFit gym or to run a CrossFit gym or coach in a CrossFit gym, you need to be able to have um, at least a CrossFit Level 1 certification. And CrossFit mm-hmm. Level 2 is just the, the next level. And I, mm-hmm. I don't work, I've never actually worked in a CrossFit gym, believe it mm-hmm. or not, of wow. all the CrossFit background I've had. But um, I think it's an amazing tool, but it also isn't for everybody. And I, um, I, don't necessarily train a lot of competitive crossfitters. I don't have the desire to do that, not because I don't love it, but but because I'd rather work with a different population. So yeah. So my next thought was sort of how you know did getting the training in nutritional therapy sort of help you with your own health journey? Um, did you have a feeling that when you enrolled in the in the course that it would help you, or were you doing it primarily out of professional interest? You know, I, mostly for professional interest, mm-hmm. I've been very lucky to lead a pretty um, healthy life and health con- health conscious life. Mm-hmm. And I've been really lucky also, despite just my epilepsy, I've had a pretty um, health- healthy life. I haven't had to struggle with much um, illness for the most part. But um, what I didn't know, and again, this is probably my lack of doing research before just diving into to Nutritional Therapy Association, <laughs> was um, I loved how much of the the science behind just how food affects us. You know, not what to eat, but how to eat and when to eat and why to eat, and you know, m- more of what is happening in our body when we consume food. And that was something I didn't know that I would be learning so much about. So how it helped me personally was that, is that I really better understand how my body works, you know, um, yeah. which also helps professionally. But um, I've made some changes. You know, I was raised as a, my nutrition background. Again, I was in Rob Wolf's gym when he was, if you are familiar with that name, he's kind of the paleo guru mm-hmm. for a long time. And yeah. Um, great guy, but it was a bit of a dogmatic approach to nutrition. And so I um, really appreciated the well-roundedness of Nutritional Therapy Association and not promoting one specific type of eating or one way to eat, but really just giving us lots of tools to be able to help a wide variety of people. Yeah, I was impressed by that too. You know, I think when we when we sign up to for the program, you're not really sure what you're getting into, right? <laughs> <No>. Because <laughs> There's only so much information you can gather from the marketing materials, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of wondered if, you know, we were sort of stepping into this uh, method or tradition uh, that was going to be basically pushing for gluten-free diet, paleo diet, you know, something along those lines. And I was pleased to find out that really they didn't spend that much time talking about all those diets. That was sort of 
uh, bonus material at the end of the course, but mm-hmm. they really um, they really emphasize the bio individuality of health and diets and the idea that you know we want people to be eating as widely and as diversely as possible, mm-hmm. um, sort of in the steps of Sally Fallon and you know nourishing traditions, yeah. uh, her cookbook. Um, and which is wonderful, by the way. If you don't own that, yeah. go buy it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you will learn so much about nutrition uh-huh. just from that book because she's done a wonderful job of really saving, in a way, uh, a lot of information about ancient food culture, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like ancestral diets and how, you know, for example, grains were traditionally fermented and that made them easier to digest. And we've kind of lost that in our food culture uh, these yeah. days. Um, and, and so many things, you know, um, the right way to process nuts before you eat them and da 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 da. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot of information in there. But yeah, so nutritional therapy, you know, for people who are wondering, like, are they all these nutritional therapists is going to, you know, push, you know, eliminating stuff from your diet. And really, that's not what it's about. Right. Um, it's really about figuring what the best diet is for you personally. And that, you know, it's a process to figure that out. But once you do, I think, health can be impacted so significantly. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. I'm glad that you had that same, uh, it makes me feel good that I was like, I'm not missing, missing what, what it was about, but that it, going into the, the schooling is, it, it was a little bit, I don't really know what to expect, but more than pleasantly surprised with the amount of information and the approach to teaching it. So we were talking about how, um, like learning all of that material might have helped you on your health journey. Any ahas moments for you, like personally? You know, I think for me, the aha, like I said, being being a little bit more in that uh, paleo world for so yeah. long, which is not which is not wrong. I think it's still a really great way to get started for most people or for a lot of people. But realizing that it's okay if you have rice. (laughs) It's okay if you have some good quality dairy, as long as your body agrees with it, you know? And so for me, I um, spent seven or eight years eating fairly strict paleo. I was, you know, I was never real low carb as an athlete. I was um, always eating a lot of, I ate a lot of sweet potatoes, let's put it that way. But to learn that it's okay. You know, it changed my mental approach more to eating than I think anything Mm. else. Just knowing that it's okay to have some grains. It's so, in fact, it can be really healthy and it's okay to have some dairy if your body agrees with it. But the fermented part, I don't think that I got nearly enough fermented vegetables in. So I make my own fermented vegetables all the time. I make my own kombucha. I've been a lot more creative in the kitchen, which allows me to um, teach my clients more. You know, I, I, I truly believe in practice what you preach. I'm not going to tell somebody to do, to do something unless I've um, been able to work with it myself or been able to work with other people who have done it. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. So it helped you kind of rethink your diet. Yeah. And make maybe, and I, maybe more allowances. More allowances. And I think just a better... I would never say that I've struggled with my emotional um, approach to eating, but I didn't realize that I was a little bit restrictive in a way that might not have been most beneficial to me, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You mean like overly zealous in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. Restrictions? It's just like 
Yeah. And I mean, just going from the, the, you know, food, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you've talked about this food is not just what you're putting in your body. It's what are you thinking about? Who are you eating it with? All of these things that go along with it. And I would, you know, I, I didn't eat, I I still don't eat beans because they don't do what I don't do well with, with beans. But, um, like I would go to my grandmother made chili and I was picking out the beans and it really hurt her feelings. And that's terrible. You know, I felt terrible about it. So I tried, I would, after all of this, I said, well, let me try some, some of your, some of your chili with beans and see how I do. And so it, it, it's a different approach mentally that way for me, I guess, which I think is healthier. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about your, your business as a um, strength and conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit more, you know, how do you segue that with nutritional therapy? um, And, you know, you know, what's your specialty as a, an NTP? So I work with a fairly, um, I, I don't want to use the word general, but I think that's the way to think of it as a general population. I'm not working. I do work with some athletes. Um, and that is something I can talk about in a minute, but I work with the, the average person, you know, a middle-aged mom who has three kids and is working full time and just wants to be a little bit healthier. So I feel very fortunate that my, um, kind of the setup, if you think of the physical setup of the, the space that I get to, to work in, um, we built our own home. We have a, a 3000 square foot metal building that has a thousand square feet of it is our wood shop. Cause I do a lot of woodworking. The next bay is going to be my gym. And then above that, to the next bay is, is our loft where we live. So I'm very lucky that I get to have my home also be my gym. Mm-hmm. And I get to have my gym be my my workplace where I get to have my clients essentially come into my home. So I feel like my workspace is a very welcoming, calming, family-oriented place, which already makes it wonderful for me. And I feel like my clientele really appreciates that as well. So how do I bring nutritional therapy into that? Um, I do a lot of personal coaching. So as far as fitness coaching, so I've always talked nutrition, but now I get to bring in a much more bio-individual approach to nutrition. I also run group classes. So I have people pay a membership to my gym where they come in. And one thing that I've changed since graduating is every week I have, um, additional quote unquote homework, um, where I, I give suggestions of things to try, you know, sometimes it's, or to focus on. So sometimes I have my members focusing on, let's just work on getting half our body weight in ounces of water a day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have them focusing on, let's sit and chew each bite, put your fork down and chew each bite, you know? So we have a nutritional focus Mm -hmm. and, in that we end up discussing. So at the end of class, we always do a cool down and a stretching session. And it inevitably usually turns to nutrition discussion because people want to know, people really want to know and learn. And it's a great time to bounce. I learn from my clients all the time. We get to bounce ideas off of each other and share recipes and, and um, talk about what's working for others and not working for others. And so I take, I've taken approach with my nutrition that I didn't know I, I would. Part of, uh, you know, nutritional therapy is a mode that's maybe not well recognized or understood by the general population. They don't really know what they could help hope to address by working with yeah. a nutritional therapy practitioner. And so that's part of the impetus of this podcast, right, is to try to profile some different nutritional therapy practitioners that specialize in different areas. You know, we've had episodes on um, women's hormones. We've had episodes on cancer nutrition. We've had 
mm-hmm. episodes on um, special needs kids. I mean, so nutritional therapists go out into the world and they work, they, they kind of select a population to work with and they become very conversant in those issues and, and the methods for, uh, you know, alleviating symptomology through nutrition mm-hmm. and lifestyle changes. And so I think, you know, probably that's what you're seeing is the same thing that it's, it, it can, it can take a while for people to understand that so much about, about the way we eat and what we eat has changed so much in our modern world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, consideration of that, I think can be, um, it's just a new avenue to, to explore, you know, if you have chronic health symptoms. Absolutely. It's, uh, I, I also, and I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit, I do, I do, so I have my gym and then I also have an office right next to my gym, mm. which I have turned into my nutrition office. So I have done some full-blown evaluation, functional evaluations and worked with people that are coming to me specifically for, for nutrition, which, which I love. And I'm very lucky that it has that crossover. Sometimes they come in for nutrition and they see my gym and they're like, Hey, I'd like to incorporate fitness as well or vice versa. So I feel very fortunate that way. I'm also doing some online work. You know, I've worked with, I have, I've had an online um, coaching business for since 2008. So I've, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got a, my, my paws in a lot of different um, honey jars, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, which I feel really great about. But um, I also do work with athletes. I've had the fortune of being able to work with professional athletes um, with a bunch of water skiers, actually professional water skiers, as mm-hmm. well as, um, elite CrossFitters. And so as I'm new as a nutritionist, but been a long time fitness instructor coach, I, um, am trying to navigate which way I want to go. And I, you know, it's, I don't, I'd love your feedback on this. I know that they talk about kind of finding your niche and finding your special, your specialty and your special population. But I, I kind of like, I kind of like a couple different, you know, I really love working with athletes, but I think if I were to work strictly with athletes, I'd be missing on working the people that really need to, to make some changes for their health, for their, for their longevity, not just for their performance. So um, I kind of do, I kind of do both of those, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, and you had talked about, you know, um, your own health issues of, you know, epilepsy uh, before, um, is that is that something that you still struggle with or, or is that a challenge that you know you've mastered now or and how, and how do you think nutrition helped you with that oh yes oh yes so the keto diet which is the big famous keto diet everybody knows about it now actually originated in the 1920s for an epilepsy treatment oh. it's a therapeutic um diet for epilepsy so that I, I have, I've not done keto because of my lifelong, um, being an athlete and more of like a power athlete that would not be very beneficial for me to go keto. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have always, especially in my adult life, eaten a very, very clean for lack of a better term, but real food diet. Um, of course I sneak a cookie in there once in a while and that's okay too. But, um, I, I know for a fact that my lifestyle has helped me with my epilepsy. And I, I was on medication from the age of eight until the age of 31. And if it was up to my neurologist, I would still be on medication. But I kind of was an advocate for myself. I guess I was 33. I'm sorry, 33. So mm-hmm. um, an advocate for myself. And I, I weaned myself off my medication. And I am first and foremost telling anyone out there to not go do that. <laughs> do not follow my lead and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know my body really well and I, 
I didn't have a doctor who was willing to work with me on um, weaning off my medication because the medication I was on, if you've ever been on an anti-seizure medicine, they make you feel like you are in a complete fog and that you cannot function in life. And I had, I had transitioned to a different medication for a couple of years and literally wasn't functioning. I could get up enough nerve to go to, to work um, for a couple hours, but then I would just go home and sleep. And that's not a life I was willing to live. And so when my doctor was unwilling to work with me on using a lifestyle lifestyle habits, as well as weaning off my medication, I just did it myself. And I'm currently um, as of January 21st, I'll be three years medication free, wow. which is huge. Yeah. Wow. And so again, I am not telling anyone out there with epilepsy, please do not do that without working with your doctor. However, um, I didn't have a doctor that was willing to do what I wanted to do. So, um, I did it in a smart way cause I had, I had weaned off medicine before. Um, but I have no doubt that focusing on a real food diet, um, I focus on my sleep and my stress a lot. If I, do not get enough sleep or if I feel like I'm in a really high stressful part of my life, I notice a difference in um, what what is my sign that I know a seizure could happen. Um, the thing with epilepsy is people do go for periods without having seizures and they can, can, can outgrow them, but they mm. also can come back at any time. Um, I have a scar on my brain. I had meningitis when I was a baby and that's where they think the seizure comes from. So they could definitely come back at any point in my life. But um, right now I feel great. And I'm, I'm thankful to not have to be pumping chemicals in my body anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible story. But I think also testament to, you know, exactly what we've been talking about that, um, that, that nutrition and lifestyle, right, have a more significant effect on our health than most people are raised to believe, especially in our culture. And, um, I think it's also really powerful that you, you decided that, um, you tried the Western medicine way and it just wasn't giving you the life that you wanted to have. And you took things into your own hands and thought, well, I have, you know, I have some knowledge about the, you know, nutrition and other things. And I, you know, and I, I know myself very well and I think I could, try this and of course you always had that the safety net of returning to yeah. the medication regimen that you you knew and had done for such a long time yeah so really really inspiring story the other part of that too is yeah. and I'm very fortunate to have incredible people in my life you know I mm. when I was transitioning off my meds I couldn't drive because if I were to have a seizure that would be very dangerous obviously for myself yes. and others around me so I relied on my boyfriend to drive me everywhere or I rode my bike everywhere and um, the support of my family. My mom's a, she's a career nurse and she didn't love the fact that I was getting off medication because she's, she was there with me every step of the way when I was fighting, but she, she supported me and she supported my efforts. And now she's so happy that I did it, you know? So I'm, again, it's, there's just like nutrition, anything in our life, it's not just about that one thing. It's not about the food you're putting in your body. It's mm -hmm. about how are you eating it? Who are you eating it with? Who's supporting you? What's your mindset? What's your stress? What's your lifestyle like? There's not one dimension to, I don't believe anything in life. So yeah, I feel very lucky in the, the life that I have and the changes that I've made and the choices I've made to have had such a great 
great group of people with me. How did you know, I mean, at what point did you know that you had succeeded to an extent where you couldn't drive? Oh, it had been, I guess, four months mm-hmm. of zero, zero meds and zero seizures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And typically most, most states say, um, for as far as like going to the DMV, they'll give you a license if you've been seizure free for, for six months. But mm. again, I know my body probably a little bit too well. Mm. <laughs> I pay attention maybe a little too much, but um, yeah, it's working. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So do you have a quick tip for healthier living that, you know, you think would be of general interest? Oh man, I've got so many. Let me see. I would say... <laughs> Maybe a little bit um, unconventional from what we're talking about here, but my quick tip for healthy living is to laugh as much as you can. I think mm-hmm. laughter is a very missing piece of a lot of our lives. We get really stressed out. Life is chaotic, and sometimes we just need to smile and laugh. Oh, I think that that is so <laughs> perfect because uh, especially what I've been learning lately, I've, I've been reading the, do you know who Norman Cousins is? No. He wrote a book called Anatomy of an Illness as Perceived by the Patient. Okay. He was um, not medical in any way. He was the editor at the Saturday Review, which is kind of a periodical, like a life magazine kind of a thing. And he developed a illness, like just sort of all of a sudden. He was following the Western medical approach and decided that it was not for him. And he came up with his own regimen, which involved high doses of vitamin C and laughing but he had you know he had racking pain and he found that if he had 10 minutes of belly laughs he could have two hours of pain-free sleep i mean yeah yeah so 10 minutes gave him two hours pain-free and um when he realized that so then he he was working with a physician that was willing to work with him like you talked about and his physician was willing to take his sed rate like before and after the laughing uh, treatment <laughs> and found that, so the sed rate is a kind of indication. Um, it's a measure of inflammation, right? So they were able to see that he was alleviating this chronic inflammation, which was the cause of his, um, his disease. And so they were willing to let him continue. And it's just an incredible story of a, of a person who took his health into his own hands and was successful in turning things around. Um, so oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. The laughing cure. Laughing cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, just a perfect tip. Thank you very much. You're now really you, you, you talked a little bit about, um, seeing distance clients and yeah. you, since you move back and forth between Colorado and Northern California, I imagine you must, that must be really helpful for you to, to sort of, um, be able to zoom or Skype with people. Yeah, it, it it absolutely is, you know, and it's, it's a way it's, you know, we don't, we don't just know the people that are in our physical community. So um, I get to work with people all over the world. And I feel pretty lucky with that. And so if people are interested in working with you, um, how, how can they contact you? Um, my website is jennylabaugh.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, my email is very simple. It's jenny at jennylabaugh.com. Um, and there's also just a way to email me directly from my website in the contact section. Okay. Um, and then my Instagram is at Jen LeBaugh and my Facebook is Jenny LeBaugh. And those are kind of the ways. Okay. 
Great. Well, we will talk more about uh, your practice specialty and how you work with people in the next episode. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2020 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.